0: I just want to start out with Luke 14, chapter 25 verse. You know, I pray that God will make me a good expositor of the word. I'll teach some words tonight. Don't feel bad that you've never heard of them before, because I haven't either. I pray that God will make me a good expositor of the word, that somebody that, uh, preaches the word that uh, goes through the scripture and primarily is explaining the scripture, you know, rightly dividing the word, another word that can be used now to the scripture. And the reason why is because uh, I think if, if I just preached off of life experience. Right now, I would preach, here's another word that I was thinking of today, a lot of polemics, polemical messages, those are just harsh, critical criticisms of some subject. You know, i found that there's a lot of things to aggravate us, there's a lot of things that certainly any of us can see wrong church, or what's called the church today, we can look around in our own feelings we be very frustrated, you are a parent today, I can say that you're probably pretty frustrated. Sometimes I think we forget, though, where we were at as many years, too. But you know, I really feel like sometimes I don't know if I look back at my own upbringing, my own home. You know, I always think of my grandparents, think all of you, many of you here that i have grown up with. There was always a power in the home, and even though I may not be serving God, you know, I always knew where I needed to be, and I there was always a very clear line and clear distinction the children of God and the people in the church, the people in my family, the people in the world, and you know, one thing I don't know if I was just gifted with this or it's something of my generation, perhaps before, but I always looked up and admired those people. And you know, I feel like in today's society, I feel like with our children today. Stop uh, children and adults consume on a daily basis. But all of this put together really has a way of making you angry. At least it doesn't. Mean I've been, I don't know. Maybe you're more sanctified than I am. The Lord's still working on me, He's still working on my sanctification. And there are parts of me that you know, I'm not probably until I die. And I see that even in the saints, even in saints I love. I see that there's probably parts of their personality that they struggle with. I you know I've got parts of my personality that I struggle with. <clears throat> so, what I want to bring to you tonight is a, it is one of those polemics, I would say. It's, it's uh, something that really. Heart, the Lord really. This this night, brother, buddy, that, right. that devotion, well, not, but I said, devotion. A lot of times I bring a message, bring more instead, an exegetical message. That's what I'm trying to shoot for. But tonight, I think you'll find this is heart, uh, devotion, heart, uh, prayer, heart meditation, and it ends in a prayer. But you know as i was thinking over these things it convicted me i brought it to my wife and she says no those things you were saying those were hard they convicted me so tonight i want to bring you i don't like bringing polemics or polemical things to a wednesday night i feel like you know preaching to the choir but Tonight, I, I, I want to just brief. There's not a lot of uh, editing that I've done. I wanted to do a lot of editing before I came here. So tonight is a little bit unedited, but the Lord used this to challenge me. With so, Luke 14, chapter twenty fifth verse. I'm going to bring it up in my Like I said, I'm going to read. On the it will go, should go very closely with the engines version. So it says wife, and children, and brothers, and sisters, yes, and even his own wife, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and the cost, whether he has enough to Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and he is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to mock him, saying that this man began to build was not able to finish. For what king Against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So here Jesus is wrapping it up. So he says, Therefore, if any one of you who does not renounce all that he had cannot be my disciple, so, my thought tonight, I entitled it real big Lord, help us put off superficiality. Another big word superficiality. Be superficial. And much of what we see in this world is very plastic, it's disingenuous, it's fake. Much of what you see, uh, you know, I see how people treat social media, you know, I see how we treat social media, you know, we take pictures of our trip and, you know, and probably people think that, oh, man, we just live this wonderful life, went to Florida, and all these kind of things. But, you know, what's not shown in that is all the hard work, you know, the planning, it, planning, the working, all the extra hours. That were worked, all those days that you know you struggle, you see, uh, you don't show maybe the difficult parts of the trip. You know, where you, you know every dad's got to at least say one time on the trip, and you know, kids don't settle down, I'm going to turn this car around and go back home. You know, that's not in social media posts. There's always those parts of the trip. And so it really leads people. Look at our lives and look at other people's lives and think that they live a better life than them. And really, what they're looking at is skin deep, very superficial. And largely, I would say, outside of the church, one of the things I think that is uh, a danger in the upcoming generations is this is. Really, the depth of the relationships with others. Very, all very superficial. <clears throat> the problem is, is that we break this superficiality into our churches and into our walk with God. And here we just read Jesus' description To the disciples of what a disciple is. And I don't think anybody, I don't think I would agree that. I don't think anybody in this congregation would agree that. I don't think any of our children would agree that. And think that to serve Jesus Christ, to be a part of the kingdom of God, is a light or superficial thing. wrote here, Lord, help us to get serious about our walk. It's so easy to be superficial in this superficial world. We know that we are not called to be superficial, but to be deep and close to God. Yes, we are very flippant about things that we think about, the things that we talk about anymore. I don't have to wonder why Try to put too much thought into it. I know that this is a direct consequence of what we are consuming. The old adage implies, wow, jump in, jump out. Disgusting television shows in, pornography in, filthy thoughts out, filthy, ungodly actions out. Doesn't even have to be that extreme though. Think of hours of news in, hours of social media in, depression out, anxiety out, anger out, a flinty, apathetic attitude towards others, out. You You may be here struggling with an addiction, with impure thoughts, or some other sin you're not sure what to do about. To be honest, most people in this situation just want someone to give them an easy 12 step plan to get out of it. They would love for someone to lift up their head today and to tell them that you can stay in your sin, and somehow your conscience can be assuaged, and you will be on your way to heaven. That's easy. As painless as superficial but not in your life it's not in the Bible and what is it going to take it's going to take a real vision of the holiness of God and the perfection of God so that you will be so broken over your sin that you will be willing to repent of it and to turn from it forever. It will take the vision of the Lordship of Jesus Christ and such a strong desire for his light yoke of holy living that you will never want to live any other way. Will you say, that's not natural? I say, yes, I agree. It's not natural. The Bible tells us for the natural man does not and he cannot accept the things of the Spirit of God. So, what is one to be what is to be done in this miserable state? You need to come to God in your misery and stay there until you either die and go to hell, or he transforms your life along with your desires. I'll stop there for a second because I one of the ways I want to insert a story was uh, if you ever read The Cross and Switch Point, I believe it is, uh, I can't remember if it was that book or if it was another book that David Wilkerson wrote. He talked about drug addicts in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s in New York City where he was ministering. ministry. And he said a man came to him one day. He said he had Runnberg on his face. He was a heroin addict. And he had been through the program uh, at the church. He had gotten over the uh, physical addiction to heroin. But there is such a strong mental and, and psychological addiction to that drug that this man He told David Wilkerson, he said, I want it so bad and I'm praying so hard that I rub my face into the carpet while I am praying. And that's what happened to his face, David Wilkerson. He wanted David Wilkerson to tell him there's some magical cure. There's some way to get around this. And he's asking David Wilkerson, what should sure I do? David Wilkerson gave him the only answer that David Wilkerson or anybody else can give him. You stay before God until he breaks that sin, until he breaks the power of that addiction in your life. And then listen to David Wilkerson. Praise the Lord, that power of that. There's people, they, like I said, they, they want a superficial, they want an easy answer to their addictions and to their problems. And the answer is to stay before God until that problem is taken care of, until that sin no longer has dominion over you. There's, I, there's not other ways. That is the way. But I think the reason, though, that so many never get free from their sins is that they never even take the time to be confronted with the true nature of God. That same God that they oftentimes purport to know. You know, I, I sometimes I feel like the bigger the cross somebody wears. On the round their neck, the more difficulty they're having in their spiritual life. You know, that, that cross is nothing but an amulet. You know, I try to tell my kids this, you know, they don't see it. It's, it's superficial. Wear the cross in your heart. Wear the cross, bear the cross in your life. Because it does no good bearing it around. You. They don't know God. If they knew him, they would know that he is bigger than their human problems. He's bigger than their addictions. Bigger than, yes, even depression. I've been there. Truth is that many people are just plain spiritually lazy. They'd rather wallow in their sin and misery. They'd rather complain about their misery to others than to read the Bible and to spend maybe 30, 60 even 120 minutes in earnest prayer, or to repeat prayer, to beg the Lord to free them from a sinful situation. Biblical Christians are not lazy people. We must stay active for God and for others. God will honor very real attempts to seek him out. This very instance, I think of it as hardline Calvinists. They tell you, you know, God designs everything. You won't come to God unless He wants you to come to Him. But in this instance, they're going to give the same advice that even the most hardline Arminians would give. They would all tell you, if you are at all concerned about your soul and about your eternal destiny, then you don't leave off begging God to change you fill you with his Holy Spirit until he doesn't. Because that's your only hope for escape. So, Lord, how terribly we need this sort of seriousness about our own spiritual welfare today. May we be torn up with grief over our own lacking until God lifts up our heads with his grace. But I'm always amazed at how much we that we deserve the undeserved love of God known as his grace. Where is the warning for our sins? If not for our sins, at least for our fruitlessness. Do we not remember that Jesus, before he went to the cross, he condemned, he cursed, and destroyed the fruitless fig tree? Yet many so-called Christians live lives that are just as barren as that tree. Building the they're committing the same sins of neglect as the Pharisees. Yet they feel that they have the smile of heaven upon them. What makes us so insensitive to the truth? I propose that we are utterly lost in superficiality because the God of this world is working hard every day to blind. Bindings, and we're just letting it happen. Some are holding on to old grudges. Some are holding on to unforgiveness and ugly attitudes towards others. Some are indulging in inappropriate relationships or behaviors which they know to be wrong. Some have laid up great treasure troves on this earth, not considering that one day they are going to leave it all. Enter the eternal torment of hell without those confidence or otherwise be sorrowful of the judgment that they did not do more for the kingdom of God. Leonard Ravenhill used to comment and said that he imagined that we wouldn't be in eternity for more than five minutes, then we wished that we had sacrificed more, wept more, breathed more, loved more, prayed more, given it's been years ago since I saw the movie Chindler's List. And I still have the spiritual implications of one of the last scenes that just burned into my mind. And it was this little vignette of Herr Chindler breaking down at the end, looking at all of his leftover possessions and asking, How many more lives could I have saved if I would have just given up? This site. Hope some of you remember that. you haven't seen that, go back and watch in the end list. See, he has a gold pen there, he has other items. How many more lives could have been saved by? Just giving this up. I feel it would benefit us greatly to ask with a similar attitude. How many troubles could be avoided? How much closer to God could I get? How much more work would I be able to do for God? How many more souls that I have reached if I would have just given up this act? If I would have just turned off the TV? If I had just let go of this line of thinking? If I had just left off of this pleasure? If I had only borne the cross? Brother or sister, that kind of thinking, that kind of action, Here and now, it will start to move you. It will start to move this church, and it will start tearing down some of the strongholds. I think that God brought down those walls of Jericho. That was a fact. But still, the army of Israel had to march around them in. I personally would love to see some of those walls come down. There's many people, each one of us know, have thick, strong walls around them—walls of hate, disbelief, you name it. But so we know that our Lord will bring down strong walls. I'm not sure how much long. Do something for the Lord in this life. But I do know that none of us are here at this point in history by accident. There are no accidents in God's providence. God has put each one of us here for a time such as this. You know, I've heard, you know, it's easy for us to complain about these times. I heard somebody preach, you know, that we've been put here for a time such as this. We've got to give him our credit that he has the ability to use us to do something about the times that we're living in. We're living in, you know, this time where there is so much laxity and superficiality. It's not just in the world. That's where we expect it to be. But it's also in the church. It's so easy for each one of us to walk out of this place tonight. Go back to our normal routines. But I think many of us want more than that. I think many of us want to see God move in a powerful way. I think all of us want to see our children faithful to Christ. We want to see the kingdom advance. And who better to do that than those that are even gathered here? Sure, if God wants it done, He'll get it done some other way if he has to. But shouldn't we want to be a part of this work? Shouldn't we want him in our midst tonight to see a people who desire to see him work for in our own lives and in our families and community? Oh, don't we desire that freedom and boldness to proclaim the gospel at work to neighbors and in the marketplace? Don't we desire and God would just fill us to overflowing with this holiness and with this peace that it would spill out on others. And whatever's in your vessel, Aunt Happy, she talked to kids the other day. She, uh, <clears throat> she had a glass of water, and she uh, bumped into the kid to have a glass of water spilled all over another kid. That was my son. And she asked him, Well, why did that water get all over you? bumped into my brother and that made him spill all water all over me. I'm going to ask you again. Why in the world do you have that water all over you? He said, can not because you bumped into my brother? She said, isn't it rather because water was in his cup? And she said, whatever is in your cup is a great lesson, is going to spill out, that's predicting, what spills out when you're angry, <laughs> what spills out of your life, and if I pray that it's the peace and holiness of God It's filled us with, I pray that God will make us not only vessels, fit for his use, not only fill us to overflowing, but make us vessels without lids. Lord, may your glory and your praise may have no recourse but to slosh out of us with every thought and every move a blessing to all those around us, that they too may be convicted of sin and disobedience, that they too may be convicted of fruitlessness in your presence, while we are surrounded by all of the resources that you blessed us with and that they may turn to you once and for all in repentance and faith oh let us turn from the mediocre works of this world and the flesh and fill us with the knowledge of and the desire for your good works of righteousness that by us performing them you will be glorified in name of our king and savior jesus christ the righteous may be magnified before all the people of this earth and before all creation and that all men should know that salvation is by his precious atoning sacrifice alone oh lord give us a desire to serve in this kingdom of yours this glorious kingdom that transcends the beauty desires that our flesh can generate for you alone are worthy. We join today with the host of heaven in exclaiming Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And we give praise to that land that was slain, who bore our stripes for our transgressions. Lord, put us on the right track. Do not only save earth, our eternal souls from the pit of hell, but transform us into who are no longer slaves to sin. Transform us into obedient children who please you, and have the desire to do your mighty works of love and make intercession for those who are unseen, those that are sick, those that are otherwise burdened. Oh God, pour out your spirit on us that we may be useful and energetic in your service. Awesome. The Lord save us from superficiality and fruitlessness.